I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me and let's walk with Jesus. your weekend was good yesterday was easter uh, so our family as far as those that live in this house since we have still been under quarantine uh, we got together and watched the gospel of john it's a netflix if you have netflix you should look it up uh, it's basically a narration um, according to the gospel of john so they just read john straight through it's a niv and they have actors speaking in Aramaic. Aramaic. You can't really hear it because it's in the background, but it's just a really cool de- depiction of what the what the book is, and it's actually word for word by scripture. So that was really uh, neat. Um, if you're not already having a time with the Lord, um, I, I encourage you to start reading in John. Um, it's such a good book to really get to know who Jesus is. And, you know, it tells about his life on earth, the miracles he did, his teachings, the Last Supper, the betrayal, the crucifixion and resurrection. So it's a good book to start with, especially if you don't really, not familiar with the Bible, maybe not so familiar exactly who Jesus is. I encourage you to start there. So in honor of Easter, I wanted to do an episode called uh, It Is Finished. And just basically about how God's works Um, What he did on the cross is sufficient enough for us that we can't earn our way into heaven. And so I wanted to look at John 10, 17 through 18. And it says, Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down for my, of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. And so just the point there, looking at that verse, you see that it's by his power he chose to sacrifice himself to be able to pay for our sins and to extend grace. So no other man could do that for us or for themselves or make Jesus do anything. It's only by Jesus' power alone uh, that uh, he laid down his own life. So I don't know, sometimes we get this notion in our head that we can um, have power to do things, to save ourselves, to earn righteousness, um, to get into heaven, and it's just not biblical. And so I just wanted to share with y'all some of my testimony. Um, I was saved when I was seven, so... My, I think you might have heard in a, the Faithful Father episode where I talked uh, about my biological dad. And so I kind of had a bit of a little messy, you know, childhood and, and family dynamic growing up. Um, but my mom, you know, she always told me about God. And she always told me about what the Bible said and who Jesus was. And so I had a good deep root system, I guess, um, in and you know who God was and so I got saved when I was seven of course I became a teenager in high school um, and started getting in trouble a little bit I think I was 15 um, I you know tried pot and got drunk once and um, by the grace of God my neighbor invited me to her cousin's church because she got invited by her cousin and so we went to that camp and I really rededicated my life to the Lord during that time and I really had felt like I had a closeness with God I was reading my Bible I really wanted to uh, live a life pleasing to the Lord and um, and I think I started getting prideful where I thought well I don't struggle with this I don't do this I don't do this 
and kind of started looking at people judgy, um, thinking, hey, it's not that hard, you know, <laughs> get it together. Why are you doing these things? And, um, and so, you know, I, when, when I was 19, I, I got my first kiss and when I was 21, um, I lost my virginity and then, you know, I wasn't really into drinking uh, at that point or doing anything else, um, but I wasn't living a right lifestyle. Well, I was living, I mean, I was living in sin. I was um, having sex outside of marriage, and um, I think when I was 23, I started drinking um, a little bit. I had went to the doctor a lot because I had some, you know, weird pains and whatever, and they just always prescribed me oxycodone, and I was always taking it. And so I was taking uh, probably nine pills at a time at one point, um, you know, several times a day. It was just I was I was so addicted, and then that went on for you know a while, and then once that doctor got shut down, you know you kind of justified yourself. Well, the doctor's prescribing it to me, um, but I was just so dependent on those pills, and so when the doctor got shut down, I ended up starting to really drink, and um, and then you know still having sex out of, outside of marriage, and you know doing pills, you know drinking, and then I started smoking pot and. Um, drinking some more and I always had this struggle this is in my 20s I call it like my lost years you know in my 20s I just had this struggle always going back and forth with doing what I didn't want to do but my but I did want to do and feeling really guilty about it and kind of I guess you know mentally flogging myself where I just felt so bad about myself and um, I had no self-esteem. I kind of, I guess the picture you can see there is just, you know, you fall off your horse, you end up in the dirt, and I just stayed there, and I wallowed in it, and um, just didn't think life was worth anything. You know, I wasn't suicidal, but I just, I felt horrible about myself, but I didn't change, you know, or sometimes I would feel like I would try to change, but I wasn't really truly giving up everything for the Lord. But I knew I hated life right then, and I knew what I was doing wasn't right. Uh, but it's just this back and forth uh, struggle inside, and I was miserable. And there was a point finally, um, kind of in my mid to later 20s, where I just was like, you know what, I don't care. I'm just going to do what I want to do, and I'm not going to worry about what God wants and what He thinks, and I just don't care. And so I just did whatever I wanted to do. And I would avoid God. And if anybody was talking about God or wanted to talk to me about God or invited me to church, it was just one of those things where I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want you to talk to me about it. And um, and I would kind of get um, maybe angry. I don't know. But I would just really avoid those people and, and that because I didn't want to confront what I was doing and I didn't want to deal with it. And in the back of my head, I knew what I was doing was wrong. And I could not deny God because I knew that he existed. And I, and I believed in Jesus and the Bible and all these things. I could not deny those things. I couldn't just cut it out of my life and just pretend like it wasn't true. The best thing I could do was just pretend that I was like, you know, in a different universe somewhere that God never even been, which makes no sense because he created everything. <laughs> so the things you do when you're running from the Lord. And often I think about that story in, you know, Jonah, where Jonah is running away from God because he doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't want to live in obedience to God. So he thought he could flee from the Lord. And so I was just, I was in that time myself. And um, I was, I was just 
really frustrated um, because again, my self-esteem never got any better. Um, my life not it didn't get any better. It got worse because you know when you live in sin, it's a road right to destruction. Um, sin sin leads to death, you know, and uh, and that's just what was happening to me in my life and to everybody around me because when you when you're sinning, when you're living in sin. Other people do not remain untouched around you. Your sin not only affects yourself, but it affects other people. And, and so that was just what was going on with me. And, um, and my, you know, I was married at that point and my husband was, uh, you know, doing the same things I was doing. And, you know, it was just obviously affecting our kids and, um, our marriage and just everything. And so, um, I just kind of got to it's like I felt like I had dug myself a grave and I just got down to the bottom of that pit and no matter how many times I try to climb out um I just felt right back in and finally I was like okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna start living right I'm gonna you know whatever promises I decided I was gonna make and I just kept trying to climb out kept falling back in climbing out falling back in and I would never actually make it out um and so once I finally was so exhausted and so beat and uh, so beside myself, I finally surrendered to God and was like, God, I cannot do this. I do not know what I'm doing. I need you to help me. I need you to deliver me. I need you to pick me up out of this grave I dug myself and and put me on your rock Um please, you know, help me from every ounce of my being. But when I, when I said that I meant it, I meant to God that I was willing to give up anything and everything and do anything and everything, um, for him to, to just, to help me out of that pit. And it wasn't until I surrendered to God and was truly willing to give up everything that he picked me up out of that pit, just like that, you know. And no, that doesn't mean everything was perfect. And I was like super healthy, functional person. You know, I had to work through a lot of consequences I, I earned um, and hardships that I brought on to myself and my family. Um, and that took that took years um, I never cheated on my husband or anything like that. I don't know if that's <laughs> what this sounds like, but, you know, just doing drugs and drinking and uh, being dysfunctional and not, you know, raising your kids in church and things like that. Uh, not that that's any better, you know, um, but but the Lord, he's so good. He's such a good father that he, he picked me up and, and he was just waiting for me um, to want his help and to be willing to follow him. I don't know if you're a parent, but when you have a kid who is just in rebellion and doing things that they shouldn't do, you see that they're destroying their life or, you know, they're having uh, destruction. Maybe if they're younger, it doesn't maybe look like they're destroying their life, but you can see that it's causing so much pain and anguish to them and you want to help them, but you cannot truly help them until they're willing to uh, surrender and say, mom, help me. I need help. I, I'm willing to stop fighting with you and, um, and follow you. And, uh, it's the same thing with our relationship with the Lord. Uh, and so I'm so thankful. Uh, there's not a day that, that really honestly goes by that I don't remember what God's done for me. And, uh, and remember, though, that it was by his works and not mine, because I had plenty of experience in trying to accomplish these things in my work, but none of it came to fruition. Uh, nothing, no good came of it. 
it was only by God and his grace and his sovereignty and by his power, by his works that actually, you know, picked me up out of my pit and, uh, and set my, my feet on the rock. And so, um, I wanted to share another verse in Isaiah 64, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we'll do and we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So just remembering, I think a lot of times if you go and you ask somebody or even if you ask yourself like, hey, do you think you're a good person? Most people, unless they're some, you know, serial killer and even those people, most people will say, yeah, I think I'm a good person. Um, but when you really look at the scriptures, you see that even the good things that we do are really just as filthy rags. When you compare it to holiness, God's holiness, which is perfect without flaw, you know, I think even sometimes when we do great things, maybe our intentions aren't great. Or maybe our intentions are good, but the work didn't really paint out well. Or maybe we felt like both were good. And really, though, when you put it side by side to God's holiness, it is just as filthy rags. And so we have to remember um, our works are really not going to get us anywhere. Um, when it comes to eternal life and God's holiness, it's only by his works that, uh, that gets us there. And then another verse I wanted to share is Ephesians 2. 8 through 9 and it says for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast so right there it's telling you it's God's gift to you it's his work that he did um, it's the grace that he bestowed upon you not any works that you did because you could you know you're gonna get prideful about it if you think you earned your way to heaven I mean just think about people and maybe you know if you've ever been this way where you think that you earned something and you didn't did a great job and you kind of get a little prideful and you're like, yeah, I did that. And so uh, we can't say that when it comes to heaven and our forgiveness of sins. It was nothing we did because, and we have no right to be prideful about it because we didn't do it. It's by God. Um, and so I also wanted to read Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So in case you were not sure about, you know, if there's any good person. There's no good person here on this earth. If anybody is good, it's because they accepted Jesus' uh, payment for their sins and it's God being shown through them. And then Romans three twenty-two through 24, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So that might kind of sound depressing. <laughs> uh, mainly, you know, if we like to be in control and are prideful because we're seeing here, no, there's nobody good. So if you thought you were awesome and that you were a good person and that you deserve to get into heaven or, you know, any, any kind of things like that, that's just, it's just not the truth. And then also, um, there's just no way that we can do any work that will uh, earn that. But don't be prideful. Just remember, um, and the good the good about this and, and the hope in it is that you don't have to carry that burden to save yourself because you can't. Uh, there's hope because you're not waiting in someone to save you. 
somebody already did. And so I think, um, you know, maybe it could be frustrating if we were still waiting in the Savior and we're like, oh crap, is it going to happen? Or am I going to be doomed? But there's no, there's no reason to have any bad feelings about it. God already did all this work. And so uh, John 19, 28 through 30 says, After this, Jesus, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith I thirst. And now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it in his mouth, to his mouth. And when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And so that's an encouraging uh, word because in the Old Testament you see all the laws that Israel had to make so many sacrifices for their sin and their actual physical animal sacrifices that they had to make. But God is so good that he sent his son to die on the cross for us to be that ultimate sacrifice. It only had to be paid once, never has to be paid again, and he completed it for us. And so let's just I encourage you to rest in his works and accept his sacrifice for your life. Um, I know I did myself and um, it's not anything that, like I said, I have to, to work to save myself. I can rest my feet on the rock, which is him and the sacrifice that he did for me. So I hope you're encouraged. Um, next Monday, we'll talk about grace through faith versus works because sometimes that can be a little... Um, confusing and I think it will be a, a good conversation and always feel free to message me if y'all have questions or even disagreements or just whatever uh, it's uh, walk with Jesus podcast at gmail.com I hope that y'all have a wonderful week